Hello and welcome to You Bet Your Life from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Ladies and gentlemen, the secret word tonight is food. F-O-O-D. Really? You bet your life! More than 3,000 DeSoto Plymouth dealers of America present Groucho Marx in You Bet Your Life, the comedy quiz series produced and transcribed from Hollywood. And here he is, the one, the only... I thought he went over the hill. Oh, that's me. Well, here I am again with $2,000 for one of our couples. Uh, <laughs> we invited some high school students to the program tonight, Groucho, and just before we went on the air, our studio audience selected Carol Jonke and uh, Robert Kemp. And here they are. Kids, come on here and meet Groucho Marx. Welcome, kids, to You Bet Your Life. Say the secret word and divide $100. It's a common word, something you see every day. High school students, Carol uh, Jonke and uh, Robert Kemp. Junky. Well, you don't look very junky. You look pretty... <laughs> Cutest-looking piece of junk I've seen in a long time. <laughs> What's your hometown, Carol? I was born in Oakland, California. In Oakland, eh? Yes, uh-huh. Well, you're a very good advertisement for Northern California. Thank you. How old are you? Uh... Fifteen. You're very well preserved for your age, Carol. <laughs> and I say that without equivocation. I went to school, too, you know. <laughs> Let's test how much you know. Uh, what does equivocation mean? Do you know, uh, R- Robert? Uh, Go ahead. Tell me what it means and don't use your hands. <laughs> Robert, you've been sleeping in your English class again. <laughs> and I say that without equivocation. <laughs> how old are you, my lad? Seventeen. Seventeen? Huh? Well, you don't look it. Are you from Oakland, too? No, I'm from London. London? Yes. Oh, I thought you were about 32 years old. <laughs> you say you were born in London? Yes. Oh. What sort of work does your old man, your father, do? <laughs> He's a chef. He's a chef? Mm-hmm. Well, don't ever lose him. Don't give up the chef. Remember this. <laughs> well, uh, it's nice to know what your father does. When somebody asks my little girl what her father does, she covers her face and runs for the cellar. <laughs> What school do you go to, Bob? Hollywood High. And uh, you go to Hollywood High, too? No, I go to Hamilton High. You go to Hamilton High? Mm-hmm. Somebody out there from Bayonne, New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> Hamilton High. Isn't that the one they named after Benjamin Franklin, isn't it? <laughs> no, after Alexander Hamilton. Oh, yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and he was named after Benjamin Franklin. <laughs> What are you laughing at? You didn't even know what equivocation was. <laughs> what grade are you in, uh, Carol? B-10. B-10? Well, do you yes. always roll your eyes when you say B-10? <laughs> no. <laughs> and how much uh, forward progression have you achieved in your academic curriculum? Uh? <laughs> uh, I'm in the B-11. Say, he understands English. <laughs> I doubt if anything embarrassing ever happens to a high school boy, but uh, have you ever had any close calls, uh, Bob? Well, let's see. Uh, once I did, when I was in a the theater, I, I'd gone to the show with my mother, and she'd gone in ahead of me, and I walked down the aisle, and I sat down, and I started helping myself to some popcorn. And Whose popcorn was it? 
it wasn't my mother's. <laughs> Some lady beside me, she says, have you had enough? <laughs> That's what they said when Truman ran it last night. <laughs> they also said it about Thomas Jefferson, too. So you go, you're a popcorn thief. Is that what you're... Uh... <laughs> no. What is your ambition when you, when you graduate from school, if you ever do? <laughs> I'd like to be an actor. Well, who wouldn't? <laughs> what makes you think you'd like to be an actor? Well, it, it seems like an easy life. <laughs> is that so? Really? Is that a fact? Eh? Yeah, it's, I guess it's high pay. And um, it's glamorous. And the hours are good, I think. And it's nice to be in front of an audience and, you know, bring them up to a certain pitch. Stuff. I guess that's what I should have been, an actor. <laughs> Are you studying to be an actor in some school? I take drama at Hollywood. In addition to popcorn, is that? <laughs> you taking this at, in uh, high school? Yes. What do they teach you in school about acting? Uh, diction, um, uh, voice projection, and uh, staging, direction, blocking. Blocking? Yeah. The... Are you on the football team, too? <laughs> No. Uh, see, the director gives you the business and then you block it out. And then you give the director the business. Do they teach you how to sneak your trunk out of a rooming house? <laughs> no, not yet. Well, that's one of the important qualifications. <laughs> now, you mentioned diction. Could you give us an example of, of how you learn diction? Uh, well, they give you voice exercises. Uh, see, one of them is, I have to laugh. When I walk down the path for an hour and a half, when I take a bath. You have to go down the path to take a bath? What's the matter with the shower? Is there another actor in there? <laughs> By the way, Barrymore, what do you think of my diction? After all, I'd like to think I'm something of an actor. Would you say I have good diction? Well, yes, but I notice you drop your NGs once in a while. <laughs> I guess I'll have to start wearing suspenders and a belt. <laughs> what about voice projection? Could you give us an example of voice projection? Well, you uh, take it in with your lungs, the air, and then you... That's along with the popcorn, huh? <laughs> and you breathe from the diaphragm, like it's... I have to laugh when I walk down the park. He may not be the best actor in town, but he's certainly going to be the cleanest. <laughs> he doesn't need any equipment to be an actor. He needs to cake a soap and a towel. <laughs> You'll be washed up by the time you're 18. <laughs> you, Carol? Do you engage in any underground activity at school? <laughs> like the drama? No, I'm in the Aeolian Choir at school. You're in the Aeolian Choir? Yes, that's well, right. Well, get out of it. That thing sounds bad enough already. <laughs> I hear they've got mice in there. Huh? 
Now, just what is the Aeolian Choir? You just made this up. <laughs> well, it's a musical organization. That's your story, huh? <laughs> what are some of the songs you sing in this... Uh... Oh, we sing such songs as Stout-Hearted Men. As what? Stout-Hearted Men. You're pretty young for that, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> and um, Rounds. Rounds? Yes. What's a round besides Fenneman? <laughs> well, let's He's use... always around, huh? <laughs> let's use... He's the only square that's always around. <laughs> <laughs> what is a round? Well, let's Wait, take... You, you go ten rounds? <laughs> no. Let's use, for example... Pretty cute, Carol. <laughs> <laughs> let's use, for example, the song, Row, Row, Row Your Boat. Yeah. The first group will start, Row, Row, Row Your Boat. Don't you need any oars or anything for this? <laughs> no. Uh-uh. <Just laughs> and then the second group will come in, Row, Row, Row Your Boat. I see. And then the third. And it goes on like that until mm. somebody... Well, good, good. Let's, uh, let us do it, huh? All I right. used to sing, too. How about you, uh... Bob, can you sing, huh? A little. Well, you you with your clear diction. Uh, <coughs> let let uh, Carol start off, and then you chime in, and then, then I'll come in later, huh? Okay. Okay. Row, row, row your boat gently down the stream. Row, row, row your boat gently down the stream. Merrily, 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 gently down the stream. My object all sublime, I shall achieve in time to let the punishment the Well, it's been, it's been right educational having you two kids here tonight. Well, if any sponsor is listening, how's this? Row, row, row your boat gently down the stream. Desoda, 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 desoda. Exactly what I mean. <laughs> I don't get fired for that. Nothing will do it. Now, just one minute. You're going to play your bet your life for a chance at the $2,000 question. But right now, I want you to pay close attention to this. It's designed for you and your budget, too. The beautiful new 1952 DeSoto. Count off all the great features of the new DeSoto. Oroflow shock absorbers for the smoothest ride on the road. Waterproof ignition to give you quick starts in even the wettest weather. Chair high seats for a more relaxing ride and a good view of the road ahead. 12-inch safeguard brakes for safer, surer stopping. An independent handbrake that gives you three times the braking power of ordinary handbrakes. Sensational safety rim wheels to protect your family in case of blowout. Yes, friends, here's the car that gives you more for your money. More safety, more performance, more comfort, more driving pleasure than you've ever known. The exciting 1952 DeSoto. See it. Drive it. The new, the 1952 DeSoto. Now at your DeSoto Plymouth dealers. And remember, all dealers who sell DeSoto also sell Plymouth. The low-priced car, most like high-priced cars. All right, now let's see how you work together as a, as a team. George, explain the rules, sir. You bet as much of your $20 as you want on each of four questions, and the couple that earns the most money gets a chance at the DeSoto Plymouth $2,000 question later in the show. Here we go. Let's see how high you can build your $20. <laughs> You selected popular songs as your category. Here's your first question. How much of the 20 will you bet? 16. 16. 16. 16. Sweet 16. Huh? All right. Mm-hmm. Give me the title of this popular song. Oh, uh, Jerry, let it go. Cold, cold heart. Cold, cold heart. 
That shows you what youth is, cold, cold heart. I wouldn't have had the faintest idea with that song. <laughs> the only song I remember is the old Oaken Bucket. <laughs> and they're on their way with $36. $36. All right, you're going for $2,000 tonight. That's the big money. How much of the 36 will you bet? 30. Okay. You're going to bet 30. Right. Yeah. This song is an old favorite that has been revived. What is the title of it? Climbing, you have sixty-six dollars. You wouldn't settle for less, eh, Carol? No. Here's no. your third question. How much of the sixty-six will you bet? Fifty. Okay. Sixty-three. How much? Really gold tonight. Sixty-three. Sixty-three. Play it, Jerry. I get ideas. I get ideas. Or adios, muchacha. Now they have one hundred twenty-nine dollars. Here's your last chance to beat the other couples. How much will you bet? Oh. You got 129 smackers. See if you can identify this one. 120. 120. Okay, Jerry. Because of you. Oh, they don't give you a chance. And you wind up with Folks, several weeks ago, Tom and Nadine Snodgrass were contestants on our show. I'm sure many of you remember them. They were the young couple that went broke in the quiz because they uh, didn't know the location of the resort city of Sarasota. Well, since then, there have been some developments, so we invited them back here again tonight. And here they are, Mr. and Mrs. Tom Snodgrass. Hello, kids, and welcome back. Uh, let's see. Nadine, uh, as I remember, you're uh, you're expecting, uh, mm-hmm. aren't you? When is the date again? April. April. Well, how do you feel? Just fine, thank you. Good. Well, you look great. Thank you. Tom, you know, we never had anyone back again once they've been up here, and I'm curious, uh, what were some of the reactions to your appearance on the show? We really had a good time. All the friends phoned us up. Told us Did you something. have any after you'd appeared on the show? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> well, then, you're quite a celebrity now, huh? You oh, yeah. Misses, huh? I think the nicest thing that happened was that my mother hadn't seen me for five years, and she'd never met Tom. She saw us on television and said it was just like seeing us in person. You see, television has its purposes. The last time you remember, you couldn't tell us in what state Sarasota was located. Is that right? That's right. I'm going to ask you that question again, and you get it right, and we have a little surprise for you, and here it is. And please, no help from the audience. Florida. Yeah? <laughs> I'm going to ask you the question. In what state is Sarasota, Florida? Florida. <laughs> Florida's right. And now for the interesting part. I got a letter here from uh, Todd Swam, manager of the Sarasota Chamber of Commerce, and this is what he wrote. He says, just so you'll always know where we are, the city of Sarasota, Florida, invites you to be our guest for a one-week all-expense all vacation, including round-trip air transportation. You'll visit the Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey Sakers Winter Quarters and the Sarasota Jungle Gardens. And during your stay, you'll have at your disposal a personal automobile, DeSoto, of course, compliments of the local DeSoto Plymouth dealer. Oh. Well, have a good time down there. Okay, we will. Now, if the first one's a boy, name him Groucho. <laughs> Imagine going through life as Groucho Snodgrass. 
Congratulations, kids, from the DeSoto Plymouth Dealers. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Have a nice time. Just a minute, George. Before we go on, I have a note here that I have to read. This is just to remind me to thank the radio and television editors of the United States. It seems they voted our show the best of its kind for 1951 in the poll conducted by Radio and Television Daily. We looked through our audience tonight, Groucho. You for, did? Yes, for... Oh, that's uh, a very interesting <laughs> While we were did looking... Did you get any wallets? <laughs> well, I'll tell you, we did... used to be a sneak thief, I forgot to tell you. We did find some married couples with... Uh, you did, huh? Very unusual stories. Uh, mm-hmm. So we'd like to bring the one in we selected. Uh, they're Mr. and Mrs. Louis Martin Lolly. And here they are. Come on in, folks, and meet Groucho Marx. Welcome to the DeSoto Plymouth Dealers. Say the secret word and divide $100. It's a common word, something you see every day. Mr. and Mrs. Uh, Luis, uh, Luis uh, Martin Lally, huh? Louis. Louis. I'll just call you Louis, huh? And Mrs. Martin uh, Lally, huh? Yes, what shall sir? I call you? Bernice. Bernice? Bernice, uh-huh. What is this Martin Lally? Why isn't it uh, Martin? Well, it is Martin, except it has an E added to make it Martin. Why don't you add an olive and make it martini? <laughs> Where are you from, Lou? Well, I was born in Vancouver, Washington. How old are you? Forty-four, sir. And are you, Benice? Uh, we're the same age. And where's your hometown, Benice? London, Kentucky. London is in Kentucky now? <laughs> Those English, they're exporting everything. <laughs> I remember when London was in the tight little aisle. Huh? Where's London, Kentucky? Oh, it's in... Probably in Virginia. <laughs> it's in southeastern Kentucky, sir. It's about... It's in Kentucky? Oh, yes. Well, that's surprising. <laughs> it's about halfway between the bluegrass and the mountains. How did you two meet? <coughs> well, uh... You chasing you through the bluegrass? <laughs> <laughs> well, we were both in the Army. You were uh, in the Army? Yes, uh I was a captain, and he was a private... <laughs> and uh, being a, uh, an attorney, I was assigned to the Judge Advocate General's you department. You were an attorney? Yes, a sir. A hillbilly lawyer. Huh? Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I was a legal assistance officer, and he came in my office for legal advice. I thought I'd solved his problem, but he kept coming back. Oh, every... You finally solved your problem. <laughs> <laughs> Three times a week for about five months. and So finally he asked me for a date, and uh, I accepted. And then the first night he proposed... Why did it take you five months to get up enough nerve to ask her for a date, uh, Louis? Well, she was a captain, and I was only a yard bird. And <laughs> besides that, she was uh, uh, engaged to a colonel. Apparently, you had more brass than the colonel. <laughs> <laughs> what sort of work do you do, Louis? Well, before the war, I was an electrical engineer, and... Uh, uh, then when I married a lawyer, I uh, went to law school after getting out of the army so I could get a law degree and win some of the arguments. And, and uh, then I was a uh, manager of some of the governorship and the senatorial campaigns for the Democrats up in the state of Oregon. Well, what are you doing now, uh, Louis? Well, uh, my wife and I are on a world tour, sir. Really? In times like this? Isn't that pretty risky? How are you traveling, uh, is Brinks taking you around in an armored car? <laughs> well, uh, no, we're uh, we're on our own little sailboat, the Magic Carpet, and uh, it's a twenty-five and a half foot 
two-masted sailboat, eight-foot beam. It draws four feet. How long do you expect this trip to take, uh, Lewis? Well, at least five years, sir. We're going to stop in each country as we go. And... Five years? How are you going to get along without television for five years? Oh, it's easy to get along without television. Uh, speak for yourself, old boy. <laughs> Pardon me. Pardon me. I'll take the food right out of my mouth. Huh? How are you financing this trip? Well, we're working uh, in each port as we go along, and uh, we're... Uh... You sing, row, row, row your boat gently down the stream. <laughs> We've done all sorts of jobs down the coast as we came the first 1,500 miles of our trip. We've, uh, I've uh, clerked in a grocery store and set up pins in a bowling alley, and the two of us have done legal research work for attorneys. And Well, how do you do this while you're in the middle of the ocean? I don't understand this. Well, that's when we're in port. We work uh, each, oh. in each port to raise money. I'm an electronics technician over at the Long Beach Navy Yard at present. Oh. Well, that sounds very interesting. Tell us some more about your trip. What's your itinerary like? Well, you tell them. May I tell them? Sure. I want to talk a little bit. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, our next uh, hop will be about 4,000 miles down to the South Pacific. And then we're going to Tahiti and Samoa and Thailand. And then we intend to visit the religious centers, Mecca, Jerusalem, and Rome, and up the north coast. We'll go into Delhi, India, and uh, we... I had thought of going to Tibet, but that seems to be pretty well out, too. Well, you'll go to bed at night, won't you? <laughs> <laughs> Our boat is called the Magic Carpet. Oh, the Magic Carpet. So huh? we can go any place. Well, you're risking a great deal on this trip. Uh, just why are you taking it? Well, we... Just a wanderlust? Uh, uh, well, it's... scientific expedition, or...? It's... No, we're not trying to prove anything of that sort. We're... Uh, it's just the realization of a lifelong uh, hope to take such a trip, like thousands of others. We Escape from reality, I yes, suppose. Yes, uh... We finally found out we would never have money enough to make the trip and would never be ready, so we just cast off, and we're trying to uh, sort of uh, prove, I guess, that we can make it on a shoestring. Mm. Well, use the boat, too. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're you're a couple of free souls, and you deserve great admiration for what you're doing. Thank you, sir. And I'm sure we all wish you the best of luck, and maybe when you come back... You can come and see us again and tell us about your trip. Yes, we will. will. People like you who made Columbus what he is today. (laughs) Third largest city in Ohio. (laughs) Now you've got to play your bet your life for a chance at the $2,000. And if you win, that'll be a big help in your trip. Now, uh, you just run your $20 no more than our other couples. I can't tell you how much you have to win, but George is going to remind our listeners. The high school students won $249, and the secret word is still food. Here we go. Let's see how high I can build you $20. You selected papers and documents. Here's your first question. How much would you bet? Oh, about uh, $16, $16. $16, all right. What do you call the card that employers punch indicating their arrival and departure from work? Time card. Time card is right. <laughs> On their way, they have $36. All right, you're going for $2,000 tonight. How much of the $36 will you bet on your second question? Uh, 36. 36. You don't, you don't ask the CO at all anymore, huh? You're at C now, and you're We're the boss. Huh? Completely at C. Right. Yeah, it's rather good, Lewis. Huh? <laughs> what do you call the paper that indicates the stock quotations? Uh, ticker tape. Ticker tape is right. <laughs> You now have $72. Here's your third question. How much will you bet? 
73. I mean, 72. <laughs> <laughs> 73, and you can owe me a dollar. <laughs> what do you call the written direction for the preparation of medicine? Prescription. Prescription. Prescription is right. You now have $144. And it's your last chance to beat the other couples. How much of the 144 you bet? It's all yours, sir. No, it's all yours. <laughs> 144? Right. Yes, sir. What do you call the paper that is a written acknowledgement that you have received something? A receipt. A receipt is right. <laughs> and you'll wind up with $288. And that means that you people get the chance at the DeSoto Plymouth $2,000 question in just one minute. Thank you, sir. Here's a figure every car owner ought to write down and remember. 85%. Because 85% of all car repairs are caused by either faulty lubrication or no lubrication at all. That's how important it is to have your car lubricated regularly at a place where they work according to factory standards. And I mean your DeSoto Plymouth dealers. You'll find there's a vast difference between ordinary grease jobs and the thorough lubrication your DeSoto Plymouth dealer gives your car. And you'll be glad to know, too, DeSoto Plymouth dealer mechanics are qualified to handle any and every type of service. They're not only well-trained, they have the experience and skill plus the most modern tools and equipment, and the right factory-approved parts. So, for a first-class lubrication job, or any kind of repair, take your car where you see the famous sign of better service, the friendly sign of a DeSoto Plymouth dealer. And now, here are the Martin Lollies, the winning couple, all set for the DeSoto Plymouth $2,000 question, Groucho. Well, here's your chance for a free trip around the world. Here we go for $2,000. I'll give you 15 seconds to decide on a single answer between you. Think carefully, and please, no help in the audience. Here it is. One of the most important tasks in geographic exploration was completed in 1905 when a famous Norwegian explorer sailed a small ship from the Atlantic to the Pacific through the Northwest Passage. This is like a one-act play. <laughs> the first man to do it for $2,000, what was this great explorer's name? Who was the first man to do it? Sail the boat? Sail the small ship from the Atlantic to the Pacific through the Northwest Passage. He was the first man to do it. If you don't know, take a stab at it. What was this great explorer's name? Oh, no, I'm sorry. Well, guess say something. Some explorer. Well, I can say, uh, uh, Amazon, Amazon. Amazon is right. (laughs) 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 Raoul Amazon is right. You win $2,000. Plus, how much did they win in the quiz, George? Well, they won $288 in the well, quiz. Well, you won $2,288. Now you don't have to make that trip around the world. <laughs> now we can make it. Well, it couldn't happen to a nicer couple. Congratulations from the more than 3,000 DeSoto Plymouth dealers from coast to coast. You bet your life. Thank, Thank you, you very much, sir. Be sure to tune in again next Wednesday night at the same time for the Groucho Marx Show. 
when the big question will be worth $1,000. And don't miss Groucho's television show, also presented by the DeSoto Plymouth Dealers of America. And remember, all dealers who sell DeSoto also sell Plymouth. Two great cars, both products of the Chrysler Corporation. And when you drive in, tell them Groucho sent you. Good night, folks, and remember... Be the 1952 DeSoto. Folks, here's a reminder from the National Safety Council. Caution, control, and courtesy are the ingredients that add up to traffic safety. You Bet Your Life, transcribed from Hollywood, is produced by John Goodell, directed by Robert Dwan and Bernie Smith, music by Jerry Fielding. This is George Fenneman signing off for the more than 3,000 DeSoto Plymouth dealers from coast to coast.